Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 83, and tonight it's time to steal your father's tux and your sister's ID because we are going to the prom. The Zombie Prom. That's right. First, we're going to take a special look at the off Broadway musical Zombie Prom. And we're getting a visit from its super talented composer, Mr. Dana P. Rowe, where we're going to be talking about the show and some of his other pieces, and I'm going to unearth his very own horror movie history that I don't think he even remembered until now. And then, and then we're off to another prom because we're taking a look at 2008's Dance of the Dead. And as if a gymnasium filled with brain-eating zombies wasn't frightening enough, I'm going to be joined by my actual prom date for the junior and senior prom, Miss Georgian Strakosh. Well, enough of my babbling. It's time to dim the lights and spike the punch because episode 83 is starting right about now. Can you solve the Royan case? The Dead of Night, 1873. A scream, a cry of murder. Two innocent people slain and a killer never found. But that's where you come in. The Ryan Case, 1873, is an interactive murder mystery where you are the detective. Time Out New York calls it CSI in the 1870s. For more information or to order tickets, visit www.liveintheatre.com or call 212-780-4787. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back for another episode. And not just any old episode. This is a very, very, very special episode. Why? Because it's the prom episode. And guess what? You're my date. Yeah. Whether you know it or not, you're my date. What, you don't want to be my date? Well, you downloaded me. You're going to be my date now. Don't break my heart. I already bought you a corsage. Well, it's a cock ring. But it's got a gardenia on it, so it's fancy. And I fully expect to be ravaged in the back of that limousine. If I am not ravaged in the back of that limousine, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Anyway, <laughs> that much said, what's been going on here at Scream Queen's headquarters lately? Well, first of all, if I didn't mention the really big birthday present that I got. Yeah, I got a grandnephew. Yay! Yay! So congratulations to my nephew, Brian, and his new wife, Tara, on the birth of their first son, Daniel James, on my birthday. So we had the same birthday. So this kid is destined for awesomeness. However, this is the second time, kid, that you've stolen my thunder. All right? The first time was, some of you remember, I took my dad to see the war horse and got this whole family dinner together. It was this great thing. And then in the middle of it, my sister was all like, hold on, Tara's going to be calling with a surprise. And I'm like, oh, no, she's not. So, yeah, yeah. So first he stole my thunder for my dad's birthday present that I spent months putting together. And now he's trying to steal my birthday. So, kid. And mine, too. And Bradford's, too. So you just better watch your step. You just better watch your step. 
Depp. And by the way, he was born at a whopping 8 pounds, 10 ounces. So, Brian, I hope you enjoyed that vagina while you had it because it is whistling like a canyon in a windstorm right now. Whew. Okay, how's this for a topic change? I would be remiss if I did not, uh, you know, send my best wishes and prayers to all the folks in Oklahoma who got hit by a killer tornado uh, this past week. It just seems like there's been so much horrible stuff happening in our country. Like, every week, every show, I'm having to send my love out to somebody, and it's just really sad. It's just really, really sad. But Oklahoma, hearts out to you. And speaking of which, I guess we're starting this prom on kind of like a low energy level, because I was walking through downtown Manhattan the other day, and I'm walking down 7th Avenue towards Christopher Street, and I'm looking up at the new Freedom Tower. The Freedom Tower that's going up where the World Trade Center used to be, and I'm just looking at it, and it's just gross. It's just gross. For a long time, the landscape, ever, the cityscape, rather, just felt raped by not having that building there. But now having this bigger, shinier building there, it's kind of even worse. And I can't really put my finger on it. And it was really bugging me, and I just started thinking about how, you know, this new New York is really kind of a drag, how everything's commercial, and all these great places are closing to become nail salons or pink berries, and I was getting kind of down. So I'd gone to a rehearsal that night, and on the way back, I'm walking up 8th Avenue in the opposite direction this time, and all of a sudden I hear chanting, blah, 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 blah. I suddenly realized there is a huge protest march coming right at me. And I'm like, what is this? It was like this ocean of people coming at me with their signs and their banners, none of which I can read because I don't have my glasses and I can't hear anything yet except rah, 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 rah. And, you know, granted, they had mud speakers, but had they had the one from the people at the school across the street, at least they would have been able to hear it because then you can hear from like 12 miles away. But that's not the point right now. What it was, it was an anti-violence march put on by a Queer Rising. Uh, because there's been a huge rash of uh, gay bashing in New York City, some of it fatal. I think it's up to like six instances now when somebody was shot to death in front of a bar. Just really bad. All of a sudden, like in the space of two weeks, a lot of them in broad daylight in really public places with tons of people around too and nobody did anything. So this was their big take back the streets march. All of a sudden, I'm surrounded by all these people with marching and, and you know, uh, whose streets, our streets, whose streets, our streets. And we're here, we're queer, get used to it. You know, they all stand by. And next thing you know, I'm walking, I'm like a salmon going upstream. Next thing you know, I turn on my heel and I'm like, blah, right, right with them. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Give me a sign, blah, blah, blah. And it felt like the old New York for a little while. It felt like the old New York. And that was nice. And that was nice. I wanted to tell you about some stuff that was going on in the Ryan case. Now, as many of you know, Ryan case is the, uh, I'm sorry, the Ryan case 1873 is the uh, show that I've been working on for the past four years, every Saturday, all summer long. And uh, it's on the streets and it's interactive and all this stuff. Well, blah, 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 blah. If you don't know, go back and listen to some other shows and figure it out. Anyway, this past Saturday, our whole show was almost completely bought out. It turned out afterwards uh, by a group. One group, a singles mixing group, I guess you'd call it, lotsofevents.com. And they have um, locations in cities all throughout the country. And I got to tell you, these people were great. We didn't know they were all together to start with. Because, you know, they have to come and interview us on the street and grill us for questions. And we get a couple minutes before we go into deliberation and all the... Oh, the cast gets to hide in the closet before we make our big appearance again. And I'm like, holy crap, these people were sharp today. So we were shocked and delighted when it turned out that uh, 
they were all together. And as an added bonus, it turned out it was pouring rain that day. It was fine for the show, but literally, as I finished up with my last group, there was a huge crack of thunder, and I said, I think we better be getting back to the bar now. And the second as we got to the bar, the sky opened, and it was gross. But what that meant was we got to hang out in the bar for hours afterwards because there was flooding and the subways weren't working right. You know, any excuse to stay in and drink, fine by me. But why I'm talking about this, aside from this, this, I think this is a great group. If you're single in the New York area or if you're single in general, go check out this, this website because I looked at their events calendars. They are packed full. Lots of events is not a gross exaggeration. They ain't kidding. There's something every day. Not that you have to go to everything, but... I was really impressed by this group, really impressed by, the, impressed by the people, by the quality of the people, even though something happened for the first time in the history of the Ryan case, in the four years that I've been doing it. I slapped a patron in the face. Yeah, I did. I did. Normally, I'm the one who's getting put in headlocks and knocked off the back of park benches, but this time I fought back. I took back the night, girl. He wasn't even that bad. He was very cute. He was with the group. He was just asking really annoying questions with a really annoying, cute little smirk on his face. And he had such slappable cheeks. And he got too close to me. And he stopped me to ask me a stupid question. Like, I'm giving out really useful information that you need to solve the case right now. And he asked me a really stupid question. I looked at him. I assessed the situation. And I smacked him in the face. It was Amazing. And the funny thing is, at the bar afterwards, one of the other women that were in the group with him said, I'm so glad you did that because I was about to slap him in the face myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. You just had a slappable face. It's okay. I let him slap me back afterwards. So we're all good. We're all good. But they were a fun group and they were a fun time. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the Jekyll and Hyde Club. I've been meeting some freaky people at the Jekyll and Hyde Club. First of all, there's a little girl, maybe six years old. I'd stopped at their table. Just talking about whatever, and I'm doing whatever shtick I'm doing. My outrageous, zany shtick. And as I walked away, I heard the little girl turn to her mother and ask, Does he need to have his anal glands expressed? And I stopped. <laughs> and I had to go back. I'm like, what did she just say? <laughs> and they're like, oh, you don't understand. We just had to have that done to our dog. And, and now she asks that about everybody. <laughs> I said, well, that was a first. <laughs> Why do they need to be expressed anyway? What do they need to write a poem? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, but I just got I just I, did you what did you just call me a bottom little girl? How dare you? How dare you? You may be right, but that's not the point right now. The other thing is it was the last my last table of the night and I ran into this crazy table of folks from Los Angeles. There was this woman who was so so aggressive. She was like Catherine O'Hara on crack cocaine. And that's a compliment because I love Catherine O'Hara and <laughs> I love crack cocaine. But she was there with her girlfriend and her son and she would not give me a break to save her life. She was relentless and I appreciate that kind of tenacity. It was borderline pain in the ass but I also borderline kind of liked it. So I gave her a card and hopefully you're listening right now. Crazy lady from Los Angeles whose name unfortunately I forgot because it was such a long time ago. And finally... My friend Gary came to visit me. I haven't seen Gary in a good 20 years. I used to work with him out in California at a place called the Great American Melodrama and Vaudeville. And he dropped by with his wife. He was here for some conference. We can only stop by for a minute. 
and I'm going over to talk to him, and these skank hoes, these Jersey skank hoes, are like, oh my god, you gotta come over here and take a picture with us. And you know, they were so gross. They were so gross. Like the bleached hair and too much makeup. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon, way too much makeup and fishnets and like hoe clothes, like the works. They were gross. They were gross. They were gross. And I'm just like, okay, just take the picture and let's go. Take the picture and let's go. But no, do they just take the picture? No, they get somebody else to take the picture. So both of them can sandwich themselves against me, but not just any kind of sandwich. They stood next to me, pushed me down and pressed their boobs up against my face. So I've got boobs to the left of me, I've got boobs to the right of me, and I can only imagine what the picture looks like, because I'm sure my face is like, blah, because i got to tell you why. They had stinky boobs. I didn't know boobs could smell like cheese. I don't know if they haven't washed their underboobs properly, or if their implants were leaking, or what, but I was like, this is a distinctly non-perfume, non-feminine, non-deodorant scent, and it's very non-pleasant, too. Wash your boobs, girls! Wash your boobs. And speaking of dirty boobs, Bradford and I got to go to the theater. I won free tickets to opening night of Showgirls, the musical at XL Lounge. And it was every bit as trashy as you would expect it to be. Now, XL is a gay nightclub normally at the gay hotel, the name of which I can't remember. The Out. It's called The Out on 42nd Street. It was a perfect setting because it was glitzy and glamorous, but also just a little bit gross. Just a little bit gross. You could just kind of scent, like, beneath all the polish and veneer and sparkle that there was just, like, some layer of jizz on anything that you were sitting on or touching. <laughs> At any given time. What better place to watch Showgirls the Musical? And this show was really funny, um, from what I can remember, because it was a two-drink minimum. So, you know, I was shit-faced before too long. But you know what? I had a good time. There were boobs flashing everywhere, and I didn't care. They didn't stink, though. Not from my seat. No anyhow. stinky boobs. No stinky boobs at all. But um, I just wished Eric from the Hysteria Continues podcast could have been there because I know how much he loves showgirls. He's a recent convert, and he would have wet himself. He would have wet himself, and it was great. I mean, I loved it. And just, just even that they had the balls to call a character um, Andrew Raperson made me very happy. Very happy. Granted, it had a definitely non-equity feel because I know it had moved up from downtown from a dinky little theater and now it's got a big off-Broadway opening. But you know what? Uh, this, if there's one thing I love more than non-stinky boobs is the big opening. So, <laughs> ah! Now, I'm going to backtrack in time a little bit. Why? Why? I'm going to backtrack to my birthday. Oh, for God's sake, Patrick, what haven't we heard about your birthday already? Well, you haven't heard what actually happened on my birthday. Now, and I had to backtrack a little further in time because it was one night Bradford and I were coming home from wherever. And we were walking through the lobby and we heard this screaming match coming from down the hallway on the first floor. You know, we're on the fourth floor, but we're waiting in the lobby. We're like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like violent screaming match. So of course I have to be nosy and I'm going up to eavesdrop at the door. And when I got from it, it was this guy, like, whining. He's like, well, why don't you ever take my feelings into consideration? What about my feelings? And the girl was like, fuck you, fuck your feelings. It's my fucking bachelorette party, and it's not about you. I was like, oh, we have a bridezilla in the building. That's nice. That's nice. Well, flash forward a week or so, and I found this bevy of stuff sitting in the lobby. With a sign that said, take me. This is one of the things I love about apartment living. I call it the free shit fairy. 
Somebody moves out, somebody moves in, somebody just wants to get rid of stuff. They just leave it in the lobby for other people to pick through like vultures. And am I happy to do it? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And it was all guys' clothing and all guys' things. Some of it still even had the tags on it. And I got my first Merce. Patrick's first Merce. I was thrilled. And miraculously, everything was my size, a lot of it new, a whole bit like in fashion. So thank you, free shit fairy, because clearly that guy dumped that bitch. And I say, well done to you, sir. Uh, of course, she might have killed him, too, now that I think of it. But you know what? I'm going to pretend that he dumped her. Well done to you, sir. She, she was awful. My God, she was that cunty about the bachelorette party. Who knows what was going to happen for the actual wedding? But is this about my birthday? No. Because the night of my birthday, you know, we didn't have any plans. It's the middle of the week, and, you know, as usual, we dawdled. We didn't make any specific plans. So I just said, ah, let's just go to Marie's Crisis, as we usually do. Now, Marie's Crisis is a piano bar in the East Village, West Village, rather. And, you know, it's a staple. It's been there forever. It's a little bit, it's kind of, no, actually, it's a lot seedy. But, you know, our friend Jimmy Haram plays the piano there on Wednesdays. It's, it's really cheap drinks. And a lot of my friends from the chorus show up there on Wednesday. And it's like, okay, this will be fun. So I get there. And Bradford's not there yet. He had something else to do. I forget. But he was going to come later. I'm out there for two minutes. And I meet this guy named Tom, was it? Or Jim? Doesn't matter. He's, yeah. he's an alternate piano player there. And I don't know what he was... I think he was telling me he was on Vicodin. He told me that later for whatever pain he was in. But he was really loose of lip in that, like, he was like, Hi, my name's Tom or Jim or some monosyllabic thing. I play the piano here sometimes. And, you know, sometimes I get somebody to give me a blowjob underneath the piano. And he told me this whole elaborate scheme. Like, it was, like, Mission Impossible-level scheme to keep everybody, like, from knowing, like, basically all these people were blocking, and, you know, someone would go over and flirt with the bartender to make sure he didn't know. It was really, really complicated, and I'm like, and I'm Patrick 20 minutes later. But is that the point right now? No. The point is, we're drinking, we're having a really good time, we're singing along with the piano. Now, there that night was, 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 I would call him my little bad idea bear. Let's call him Tony, just for one another. Bad idea, Bear Tony. And he says to me, hey, Patrick. I said, what? He's like, it's your birthday. And I said, yes. And he was like, uh, I have a little one here if you want to go outside and have a little bit of marijuana. And I said, oh, no, I don't do that sort of thing. But let's imagine that I did say yes, okay? So, like, so in this fantasy world that never happened, I went out and had my head. And it was fine. And I come back and I'm singing at the piano. And I'm realizing I'm really loud, and I'm telling lots of stories, and I'm really giggly about everything. And there was certain points where I'd be like yelling at, well, Jimmy's a friend of mine, the piano player, and I'd be like making this huge point about something, this huge loud story. I have the whole bar listening to me, and more than once, I'd tell this whole story, I'd get to the point and go, I forgot what I was saying. Now that alone is funny enough, but every time that would happen... I would turn my head a little bit, and even if he had been nowhere near me, little bad idea about Tony would appear next to me and just go, Happy birthday! <laughs> to the point of that it was eerie. It was eerie, but it was a great fun night. It was so much fun. Some of you know this from Facebook. So it was so good that at a certain point, maybe 5 o'clock in the morning, I woke up on the floor of my living room, right in front of the front door, Curled up with my head in the cat pillow. Now, I know I had gone to bed, yet there I was, sleeping in the cat pillow that the cat has sex with. So it was, it was I said, wow, that's a good night. And then I turned to my right, and then all of a sudden a little voice went, happy birthday. I'm like, Tony, get out of my house. 
No, Tony was in my house. I'm just kidding. Uh, the other thing I just wanted to say before we started the show is that for those of you who've been watching Hemlock Grove, who got me to watch it, I'm glad you did. I'm finished with it. I had a really good time up until the last episode. I liked the solution. It was all the crap that came after that just made me go, moo, moo, like that. But really, for those who have been naysaying, is it because just because it's an Eli Roth thing? Everybody's hating on it because the things I've heard are irrational. Like, oh, it's just like Twilight. And I say it's just like Twilight. You're correct in no way whatsoever. I mean, there's tons of sexuality. There's no annoying flat-faced girl. There's really no love interest stuff at all. It's a whodunit with a werewolf meets Twin Peaks. I liked it. Is it great? No. But is it fun? Yeah. Am I interested in season two? Not particularly, which is kind of what irritated me about the uh, the last episode. Although, now for the... <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, before the credits even roll, you get a girl being ripped apart. You got, like, lesbian cheerleader and gym teacher sex happening. You got blowjobs in a car. And I'm like, this ain't Twilight. That never happened in Twilight. There was just a lot of longing and staring. Hmm. 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 Oh, my God. I want to spend eternity with you because you'd make me so happy. Can't you see how happy I look? Shut up, bitch. All right, I've talked enough. The limo's pulling up, and it's time to get ready to go to the prom. we got a lot of special guests coming up, and so, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, and I'm wearing my mother's underwear. I got nothing else to say to that. Start the show, Patrick. Thank you. In 1996, a little musical opened off-Broadway called Zombie Prom. It only ran for a couple of weeks, but I was fortunate to see it, and it rocked my world so hard that I'm bringing it to you today. Zombie Prom, which was written by the creative team of John Dempsey and Dana P. Rowe. John Dempsey wrote the very clever, funny, and witty book, and Dana P. Rowe wrote the super catchy score that you're about to hear. Now sit back, relax, close your eyes, and let me take you on a journey. A journey to a simpler world and a simpler time. That may or may not have ever existed, but that's not really the point right now. Just shut up, I'm telling you a story. God. Welcome, students, to Enrico Fermi High School. A perfect little school in a perfect little town where nothing bad ever happens, ever. Until now. 
Zamipram is the classic tale of boy meets girl. Boy loses girl. Boy commits suicide by driving headfirst into a nuclear reactor. Boy is reanimated from the dead and only wants to bring the best girl to the senior prom. But will true love prevail? Will it fall victim to peer pressure, ignorance, and rules, regulations, and respect? Will there even be a senior prom at all? Only time will tell. And Enrico Fermi High. stuff to learn. Histories of this and that, Latin verbs and habitats, principles of bacon fat. The time flies by. It's another Let's focus for a minute on our heroine, Toffee. Toffee and her girlfriends, Coco, Candy, and Ginger. Just ordinary girls, fresh out of home ec class, with stars in their eyes as they think of boys and the prom. Hey, Toph, I saw Chuck last night at Burger in a Basket with Sheila. Sheila? You know Sheila. Too much makeup, not enough underwear. Uh, oh, now ladies, do you really think that's appropriate conversation for school? Does that bother you, Toffee? Uh, about Chuck, I mean. No, that's okay. We weren't serious. I mean, it wasn't real love. What's real love like? I don't know yet, but I'll tell you when I get there. Wake up every morning. Ah, uh, did someone say real love? Well, little does Toffee know that right around the corner in the high school hallway waits Johnny Warner, her future soulmate. Unfortunately, Johnny is about to incur the wrath of Miss Strict, the principal who rules Enrico Fermi High with an iron fist and sensible shoes. Mr. Warner, I couldn't help noticing that the name on your jacket is missing a letter. I know, Miss Strict. I'm spelling it without the H now. John without an H Warner. Do you really think that's wise? Defiling a good Christian name like that? No, no. Change it back, Johnny. Well, I think I want to keep the H out. Well, if that's your decision, just know I don't stand for any hoodlums around here. That's hoodlums, Johnny, with an H. Get to class, everyone! Whoa, you are so different. Rebel without an H. Yeah, yeah, yeah rebel without an H. Wake up every morning, there's that age-old scene. Crossing guards and hallway pets. Sloppy Joe's and English tests. See, and being that this is high school in the 1950s, we never hear the end of that song because, oh no, air raid siren. However, it is the air raid siren of true love. Because as they duck and cover under the cafeteria tables for safety, Toffee meets Johnny. Johnny meets Toffee. And as it happens always in musical theater, they fall instantly head over heels forever in love. Moment with you and I suddenly know the difference. 
difference one moment can make. The rush of the lunchroom, the sirens, the glow, the smell of the Salisbury steak. Ah, the blossoming bloom of teen romance. The days turn to weeks and still Toffee and Johnny are inseparable. They're going steady. But unfortunately, that missing H on Johnny's school jacket will be the downfall of them all. Because one thing this little town doesn't stand for is hooliganism. This is not the boy for you. But mother... Break it off clean and it will be like it never happened. Daddy! No, no, no. This is not up for discussion, Pumpkin. Mommy and I normally trust your judgment, but we are putting our foot down here. But Daddy! You are He did something rash. As I mentioned earlier, he took that motorcycle of his and drove him and that dirty no-itch jacket into the fiery bowels of the nuclear power plant, causing a Class 3 nuclear meltdown. It's rather Shakespearean, isn't it? The fatal flaw. But with motorcycles. Well, regardless of whatever it is, it is a true teen tragedy. Now fast forward. Three weeks later, Toffee is ruined. She dresses in black all the time. She never smiles. She's late for class. And once, she even said the C word. She said it three times. And despite her classmates' enthusiasm being swept up in her prom fever, Toffee's a bit of a drag. There goes Toffee. Dressed in black again. Hoping against all hope that Johnny comes back again. Child depressed and unproblematic, post depressed and unconvalescing, adolescent, and a teenager. Hey, look, Toffee, the senior prom! Ain't it swell? I won't be going to my senior prom. <gasps> Why not, Toffee? Because I haven't got a boyfriend anymore. Jeez, Toff, lighten up! It's been three whole weeks. Isn't it great? 
Now, as Bradford pointed out, people at Enrico Fermi High seem to bounce back from tragedy awfully quickly. Well, that's the thing. Like I said about this town, nothing bad ever happens here, so bad things don't really compute, especially when compared to the magnificence of the oncoming prom. See, I always got the feeling when I saw this show, when I listened to it, like, it's kind of like The Simpsons. Like, Lisa will always be in second grade, no matter how many years the show's on. She's been in second grade for 22 years now. I kind of picture at the end of the school year, all of a sudden they'll come back and it'll still be senior year, and there'll be another prom. But they won't remember it, because it's just that kind of a thing. So death does not really work in this world. Coming back from the dead does. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, shall we? Because tired of Toffee's moping and whining and just being a Debbie Downer, Miss Drick gives her a crash course on the things that make this country great. Rules, regulations, and respect. Every soul from A to Z, from K through 12 to PhD, is shaped by this philosophy, the watchwords of conformity. Teach them well, spread the news by any means you have to use. Sound up, one, two, red, white, blue, and hallelujah. There's no writing on the log. So as you can tell, Miss Strick really loves order and rules, but you know what? That doesn't keep her from cutting loose a little like this. Yeah, yeah, well, this is all well and good, you're probably thinking, but when the heck are we going to get to the zombies? Well, keep your shirts on, because it's about to happen right now. Because, you see, one of the reasons that Toffee's been so cranky, it's not just that she's mourning the loss of her true love, Johnny, without an H. Warner. She's been haunted. She keeps hearing his voice calling, calling, Toffee, 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 and I'm like, what? She hears the voice emanating from all places from his locker. Does she open it? Does she not open it? Well, she does. And by doing so, Toffee opens up Pandora's box. As you can see, it's panic in the hallways. It's freaked out in the lunchroom. What does Johnny want? Is he here for revenge? Is he here to kill us all? Is he here to suck our brains? What does the dead vision of nuclear hell want? Did you miss your very boyfriend? Rock yourself to sleep at night. Come and kiss your monster mister. Plug me in and watch me lie.
wait a minute, let me get this straight. Johnny Warner comes back from the dead, back from the mouth of Hades itself, and all he wants is Toffee to still love him. <gasps> oh my goodness, is he going to carry her off? Past the toxic waste dumps, toxic waste dumps, and have his way with her like these monsters always do in 50s movies? Wait, he just wants to take her to the prom? No brain eating? <gasps> oh my god, that's so romantic! <gasps> oh, but wait, who is this figure over here? Who's this jaunty gentleman in the reporter's cap? Why, it's star reporter of Expose magazine, Eddie Flagrante. Well, what's he got to do with this? Well, you'll find out soon enough. Expose cries the USA and the hypocrites keep low. Nothing in the Bill of Rights supersedes the public's right to know. Where there's a scandal on the rise, I'll be around to scrutinize. Printing the facts behind the lies, that's the beat for me. Have you heard sings a little bird who whispers in my ear? Some movie star was spotted at a Motel 6 with a well-known Mouseketeer. Yeah! Celebrity heroes clean as wax. A Hollywood nymphomaniacs. America needs to know the facts. That's a beat for me. You're late! Oh, I get it. Mr. Flagrante. This cool cat, Mr. Flagrante, he works for a magazine that is a scandal rag. Well, golly gee, I wonder what his next big break story is going to be. Hmm. Eddie Flagrante. Coffee. No sugar, no cream. I want it black, black, black. I want something strong and ancient. I want a taste of ground. You got me? No, but that's not why I'm... Oh, yeah. And a donut. Something with sprinkles would be nice. Mr. Flagrante, don't you remember me? Josh, from Enrico Fermi High? Oh, yeah, cub reporter for the Fermi Gazette. Hey, kid, I wanted to thank you for the dirt on that hood, took the dive into the nuclear plant. Great story, huge story, important, tragic, passionate, off the stands by noon. Well, it ain't over yet, he's back. He's back? What are you talking about? He's dead, he was buried at sea in international waters. He's come back from the dead. Johnny Warner is a nuclear zombie! A teenage nuclear zombie? Are you serious about this? They make this up? I smell painted! Hey kid, you wanna be a reporter, right? Well, what are you waiting for? We got us a story to crack! Tamer and Playboy, but bigger than life! That's the beat for me! Yeah! Today, atomic adolescent angst at our own Enrico Fermi High School. 
Steady readers will remember the tragic story of young Johnny Warner, nuclear suicide victim. Well, hang out of your hats, gang! This reporter has it on good authority that Mr. Warner has risen from the dead and has attempted to gain admittance to his school once more. Keep reading for all the latest from Enrico Fermi. Hi! TV dinners and Davy Crockett, then came Johnny Anyway, the more attention this case gets, the more attention this issue gets, the more strict Miss Strick gets. She even goes so far as to start canceling outside events from the school. You know, extracurricular activities. Baseball team, disbanded. Cheerleading squad, out of there. Why? Because students are showing support for Johnny Warner and his zombie-rific cause. And she will not tolerate, she will not appreciate, and she will not... Esfusicate. No, sir. I just made up a word because that's the serious shit is getting. And Enrico Fermi High, it is now a police state. scheduled for tomorrow night. But at the first sign of Johnny Warner, at the first indication of support for his cause, I will cancel it! That is all. Oh, no she didn't. Oh, yes she did. Shit just got real. She just put the prom on the line, and in doing so, Miss Drick might have just knocked down her house of cards because now the kids are getting desperate. Johnny, so eager to prove his love to his beloved Toffee, has to take his message to national television, hoping, hoping that he'll finally get through and let the love of his life know that even though little bits have been rotten off of him for the last 90 minutes, he still loves her with all of his heart. No matter how wormy it is. How can I say goodbye to love? Oh, 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 perish the very thought. How can I say goodbye to love when love is all I've got? Toffee, I'll see it through. Cause baby, I fought back hell for you. Oh, I'll never. Say goodbye to love. His skin is green, his mood is blue. How can he say, say goodbye to you? How can I say goodbye, my dear? Meanwhile, Toffee's sitting at home all mopey, surprised, trying to study for her math test, but instead she gets a call from her girlfriends with some big news. Hello? Hi, Toffee. It's Candy. Candy? Uh, Coco? Toffee? Ginger? Oh, it's a party line! (laughs) (laughs) What were you all calling about? Johnny was on TV! Did you see it? Did I see it? How could I miss it? He was on all three channels. Oh, what's a girl to do when her dead ex-boyfriend asks her to the prom? You left Johnny. The girls have some sage words of advice about love in this new atomic age and how to be a real woman and to follow her heart. Which means only one thing. 
it's time for Toffee to make a decision and probably sing a really kick-ass power ballad. Oh, and he really does love me, doesn't he? Oh, Toffee, that boy really cares for you. Yeah, it's written all over what's left of his face. Oh, but girls, this could mean the end of everything, even the prom. And what will Miss Strick say? You've got to make up your own mind, Toffee. You're not a little girl anymore. That's right, Toffee. You're a senior. Thanks, girls. I gotta go. Bye, Bye Toffee. Hope to see you at the prom. Get your hankies out. Now. Easy to say. No time to cope. Everything works when your boyfriend's a corpse. Still love matters more. Easy to say. I should give up. That's it. It's carved in stone. Toffee and Johnny are going to the prom together. As a matter of fact, they're crashing, despite what Miss Strix says. Even though, when Miss Strix finds out, she calls off the prom on the spot. Well, what are our beloved star-crossed lovers going to do? Well, I'm not going to tell you exactly what happens, because it's some great, funny stuff. Because I want you to go seek out Zombie Prom. It's playing somewhere near you at a regional theater, at a high school, possibly even at a junior high school. Find it out if you're involved in any way in in an educational arts program. Make them do this show. It's adorable. God damn it. And if you do, you'll find out what Miss Strict said that made everyone say this. And what Eddie Flagrante said to make everyone say this. And finally, you'll find out who did what to whom behind the Burma Shave signs. But the important thing is that true love triumphed even over death itself. And that's an amazing story. Granted, there was no brain eating, but hey, it's 1950-something. Technically... George Romero didn't do that yet, so this is totally in line. And really, what could possibly go wrong? A girl and her undead boyfriend. Nothing. You know why? Because it's prom night. And while these two may not have forever, they have right now. And that's always what's most important. How about it, Toffee? Where do we go from here? I don't know, Johnny. But wherever it is, it's together. Together? Together, Johnny. Plain and simple. Case closed.
might follow you blindly Now and forever Straight past the sunrise All my dreams come Let them come cause we'll be ready Hanging tight and holding steady True love cannot be hidden Let them try to sway and sell us Doesn't matter what they tell us So, Screamers, finally, I am sitting down to talk with the illustrious composer, Mr. Dana P. Rowe. And uh, we're going to be talking about his show, Zombie Prom. Now, we've been trying to get together for several weeks now, but it's either, you know, one's busy and the other's busy, then I'm sick, then blah, 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 blah. But you know what? Who cares about that because it's happening right now? So, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mr. Dana P. Rowe. You got a... Hi, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing zippy doo day, Dana. How are you? <laughs> I'm the same, actually. Okay, good. I smell spring in the air today. It's fantastic. Oh, is that what that is? I thought someone was cooking eggs. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying. Depends on your neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> that depends. That is true. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, yeah, I had hoped to get a nice Valentine's Day episode about Zombie Prom up, but, you know, like, that was not in the cards. Yeah. You know. That's cool. And I wound up, I thought it would make a nice pairing with that movie Warm Bodies that was out. But you know what? That was terrible. <laughs> was it? I, I didn't see it. I, it. It lasted not very long. No, it, it, I saw it. It It was one of the things that it's so nothing, I was. I had nothing to talk about. Wow. It wasn't good enough to say anything, and it wasn't bad enough to go off on, so it would have been a lousy show. It wasn't, anyway. even, it wasn't even so bad. It was great, kind of No, thing. it just kind of laid there. Ugh. It had it, it had lots of missed opportunities that you see. It kind of <laughs> felt like studio stepping in. Evidently, the book <laughs> that it's based on, the um, young adult novel, is supposed to be quite good. Oh, okay. And not Twilight, but apparently the producers wanted Twilight with zombies. Well, you know, zombies are very hip and happening right they now. They are so. awfully hip and happening, a little too hip and happening for my taste. But <laughs> but the reason why I wanted to talk about zombie prom, uh-huh. the tie-in, was that, okay, this movie Warm Bodies, everyone was like, oh, it's zombie human love. And there's been a bit of that in the past few years. Yeah. And the first instance I ran into zombie human love romance was with Zombie Prom, and in my personal opinion, Dana, it's still the best. Why, thank you. You're quite thank welcome. You. It was a, you know, it was one of those, it was a labor of love. It was, it was completely, you know, 
uh, just a, a love fest writing it, and we fell in love with the characters and the whole idea of it, and the whole idea that it was human rights and civil rights and everything all wrapped up into one. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I like about it too is that universe that the characters live in. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's not quite reality. No, <laughs> but. It's a little bit of yeah. It's we sort of made up our own our own little world. Yeah, and it's not quite pleasant. And either. we sort of made no, no, no. It's it's just you know got its own little vibe going on there, and uh, we decided not to make apologies for that right at the very beginning. You know, I love that. That was one of the things that just the, the weird obsession with prom, like prom topped everything, <laughs> like death deaths in the in the in your high school class. Nothing. No, no, no. As long as it doesn't influ- influence prom. Yeah, right. <laughs> or cheerleading. Or whatever. It was just that funny, funny kind of focus that I thought was great and how that shifted Yeah, over the course. Now, I've already talked about the show okay, and played some musical clips. So um, this is just kind of some follow-up. I'll edit that part out. Okay. But, um, so one of the things I find really interesting, too, is that this, this whole life that it's had in high school productions. Right. That it's really popular. It's very popular. Popular, even that. Uh, you know, it, it's it was a surprise. We we ran. We had a month of previews off Broadway, mm-hmm. and then it ran for a week. Uh, it was one of those shows we were eclipsed by rent. Uh, people, Damn it! Yeah, you know, oh, you know. Yeah, get a job, <laughs> right? And, you know, the, you know they were selling thirty-five dollar, you know, cappuccino mugs in the mm-hmm. in the in the lobby, you know, for this show about kids who couldn't pay their rent. I just thought that was fabulous. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, and I'm not bitter at all. No, no, actually, what it was is it just you know the timing wasn't quite right. I'm not sure if the tone was quite right when we opened. Uh, I've had you know many many conversations but what happened is that it, it just became this little cult sort of uh beloved show it's one of the actually sam french touts it as one of its most beloved shows and it's certainly, certainly done very often it's be, it's uh, uh you know zombie problem has been very very good to me in that regard and that it's being done almost always somewhere in the world. Oh. And uh, it's just, I think it just, you know, hooks into that whole, you know, love conquers everything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that we all belong. And I think that we all feel like at some point in our life, we are the zombie. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we are the pariah that no one wants to have anything to do with. Mm-hmm. and uh, Or we feel as if we just don't fit in for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know? And this is this you know this asks the age old question you know do zombies belong at the senior prom you know and uh, it's you know I, I you know the age old question that nobody even knew to ask yeah exactly exactly someone had to put it out there I yeah one of the things that struck me too because I was one of those people that was fortunate enough to see it in that window. Oh man, really? Yeah, I had yeah, gone to the TKTS booth. For those of you who don't live in New York, it's where you get half price tickets to things. Whatever I wanted to see on Broadway, I don't even remember what it was. I'd gotten up to the counter, and the person in front of me got the last tickets. <sighs> so now I'm standing at the window, like, uh, 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 and I just picked something at random. And I bitched the whole way from the booth through my lunch through the theater, looking at the pictures, going, this looks stupid. This looks stupid. <laughs> Sitting in my, flipping through the program, going, I can't believe I'm here. As soon as it started, I went, ooh. And never came back from that. 
And when it was over, I remember I told you uh, when I met you that I said, I never wanted it to end. And it was the stupidest thing to say, but it was totally true. Uh-huh. No, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's, I, I still see it and tear up, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, there's just something very, you know, uh, terminally sweet and uh, heartening about it. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it has, and it's captured that part of, you know, especially high schools love to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also now we are, in fact, I'm just, I'm working on as we speak, I just sort of like shut down for a few minutes so we can talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, we're working on Zombie Prom, the Atomic Edition, which is what for, mean? which is, uh, it's for, for uh, middle school uh, to oh. perform. The ranges have, you know, we, you know, I took the the score and uh, did several versions of the score. One for uh, boys whose voices have not yet changed. Oh, and, okay. And one for boys whose voices have just barely changed. Okay. And girls of that age, so uh, so that now they can perform it, and uh, you know it, it doesn't require the vocal gymnastics that the mm-hmm. original score does. You know, we had we had some real you know great great singers who oh, were sure. able to do triple flips and stuff like that, you know, and hit high Z's with their voices, you know. Those, well, that's an appropriate note for a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see what I did there? See what I did there? Uh, and one of the things I, I think that's great about the story, too, is that the layers that it plays on, because when I, you know, after I saw it and after the delight wore off, I said, wow, that's an allegory for just about any outsider. You take it, yeah. Yeah, because initially my mind went, he's like the gay kid. I said, or the new kid, or the deaf kid, or the slow kid, or whatever kid who doesn't fit in. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was written in the early 90s, you know. So that was also, I mean, it. it yeah, you're right. It's an allegory for, you name it, it, it kind of fits. And uh, and I think it comes, you know, it, it, it makes, makes us sort of kind of go, well, of course he belongs, you know? And I love the little speech that Toffee does at the end, you know, that there are many people who might not accept us as a couple. And uh, it's sort of like, it just, you know, every time they get, got to that moment, it's like, you know, there was always this, you know, like little bit of sniffling and, you know, uh, in in the audience, you know, it's it's just kind of like everybody kind of gets touched by it a little bit. Uh Uh, I think we've all been there, you know? Will will I ever really fit into the world? I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, they fit into the prom, and that's really all that mattered. To me. Yeah, <laughs> <In the> universe. <laughs> and then everybody came. Well, off. I just want to say though, in this atomic version for the junior high school students, I just hope you leave out that filth with the Bur- the Burma shave signs because that was oh, disgusting. Well, you know, I can't we believe did. you even said that. I know it was it was a little uh, we crossed that line. But, oh my gosh! Uh, it, it is. Uh, I said I can't take my mom to see this now. She'd be like, "Oh my god, not the barbershop <laughs> signs." It's true. You can, and actually, we did have to take a few things out. Like, you of know, course, you did. Out wedlock pregnancy. Uh huh. Um, and uh, what else do we? Have? Oh, and actually, we had to treat. You know, Johnny goes and throws himself into the nuclear waste silo because Toffee breaks up with him. You know that darn H. Which is what you do, you know, when you break up with your girlfriend. But um, so uh, it was, you know, teen suicide. So we, it's not an easy subject for uh, schools to feel good about having middle schoolers tackle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we had to sort of make some changes there, and uh, and and I think for good reason. You know, it's, yeah, it's sure. they're they're 
age-appropriate kinds of things, and it still makes it a sweet story, you know? Okay, although how do you make a zombie without a dead kid, but... Well, Well, no, no, he he does, you know, he does... Okay, don't spoil it, don't spoil it. I'm not going to make... Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. (laughs) So there was a short film version? Yes. Of Zombie Prom? Yes, uh, with uh, RuPaul. With Ru freaking Paul is Miss Strict. As Miss Strict, indeed, she he, she he was. Whip them hard, girls, just like toffee. And remember, a nuclear holocaust is no excuse for a running meringue. Correct! How did and, that happen? Because all of a sudden was, it showed up one day in my iTunes free download thing. Yeah, it, it was done. It was part of a, as far as I remember, a senior or doctoral thesis in filmmaking ah. uh, by uh, a fellow in, uh, in California mm-hmm. who contacted us and asked if he could use it for his thesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thesis got a little bit, you know, it just kept growing and growing. And uh, it ended up in some film festivals and uh, doing really quite well in the film festivals. Um, it... You know, it was never one of those, you know, uh, John and I would probably be more involved with it if it were, had been like a studio type. Well, of course. Um, uh, it just sort of popped up, you know. It was a surprise, actually. We, mm-hmm. we, we were expecting him to do like a little, we thought, of course, you know, please feel free. We're flattered. You know, we didn't realize it was going to be, uh, you know, released and for free on iTunes, actually. Yes. So yes. it was a little, it was a little surprise for us. Okay, well, that's a but nice it was little a surprise. Very, very cute little film. Very well done. It was very well done. Although you know they did have to trim it to a half an hour, so yeah. there's a lots left out. And me knowing the story and particularly knowing the score drove uh-huh. me nuts. <laughs> Just because I'm thinking this Toffee's big number, easy to say. Yeah, they play all the intro, like the the, the 36 bars of intro, and not the song. Right. Like, ah! <laughs> right. This is the, this was part of our surprise too. Ah! So, you know, it's it's very, you know, uh I'll leave it at that. It was it was a surprise. Yeah, if I didn't know the rest of the song was there, it's a perfectly lovely intro and it says everything it needs to say, but I'm like no, the meat was coming. <laughs> that was the appetizer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've done some other uh productions that that I'm sure my listeners would be interested. Actually, you just your show The Fix just had a good run in London. We did. We just had like a a, a little off Weston revival last uh, summer, and it's going to be uh, a proper West End revival this year. Uh, nice. This is the news. There, the Witches of Eastwick uh, will also be revived in London this year. Uh, London, the- London, London. It's always yeah, London with you. Yeah. You know What's it about. I don't know. It just sort of works. I know. We've had that discussion. You say Cameron calls you up and like, oh, Dana, sorry. sorry. (laughs) I don't know. That'd be Cameron McIntosh, kids. Yeah, and I have a lot of listeners in the UK, which is why I'm covering this. Yeah. I'm sure they'd be thrilled to go. Now, one of the reasons I want to bring up uh, Witches of Eastwick, and I don't know if you could tell this story. I can edit it out, was that you you guys had some, uh, for the production that you did in London, there was some really innovative flying rigs. Yes, the whole... The system was very advanced. 
Yes, it was. In fact, it was sort of created for the witches of Eastwick, this whole computerized you know, way of having them do a, a, a specific journey through the uh, audit, you know, through the, the theater, over the audience, up to the third balcony of the Theater Royal Drury Lane, uh, was uh, at, actually all designed and created for Witches of Eastwick. Was later then used in Mary Poppins. Well, how about that? Uh, but what I was really leaning towards was, wasn't there an incident where the computer went, Little haywire had a few incidents like that. Yeah, it. You know, uh, we had our three witches sort of like pinned up against the 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 the, uh, the roof of the Theater Royal Drury Lane at one point, uh, kind of like just holding against the. You know, I really the person to hear tell this story is Lucy Arnaz. Hearing mm-hmm. tell this story is really, you know, it's sort of like the last you know moments of toy story was it two or three i forget where they're all holding hands and going you know uh i don't know if you know this part where they're all kind of almost all going to go into this volcano of yeah that's that's three yeah yeah, yeah. The, this the, is the the three we can imagine the three witches kind of like you know holding hands and trying not to get pulled into the pulley at the top of the theater royal drury lane uh-huh. there were a few moments i mean and a lot of uh things like you know two of the witches would take off and one of the other and the other witch would be left on the stage kind of just sitting there bye you know <laughs> it's like enjoy yourself i'll, I'll like, stay here and watch the car <laughs> don't um, mind me i'll eat bonbons and say the, the story i was thinking of in particular the one you had told me that cracked me up was how the computer malfunction and the three witches went through their pattern that they were uh-huh. supposed to do, but at lightning speed. Oh dear. Yeah. There were, yeah, there were just so many. I mean, if you can think of it, it probably happened, you know, okay. uh, they, it was quite an adventure. And of course the first part of it too, is, you know, they have to get the right weight for each witch sure. for it to actually function properly. So they had, um, sacks, that were, you know, each actress's body weight. Okay. And if they, if they, when they were uh, uh, doing all the testing before the show that night, if they happened to get this the wrong sack on the wrong, on the Oopsie. wrong, <laughs> wrong witch, one of them might fly a little more sprightly. You Oopsie. Know? Uh, yeah, it was. It's uh, it was kind of an interest. Yeah, it, the whole thing was one great big adventure. Let me tell you. I'm sure. Uh, one more thing I wanted to ask you about because this was a complete surprise to me. I have three words for you. Beauty Queen Butcher. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> wow. Another. Uh, this was years ago. Another podcast. They do a segment called Straight to Video Russian Roulette, where they kind of pick yeah. something at random from Netflix. <laughs> And their, their thing was Beauty Queen Butcher, and they kind of liked it. So I rented it, and the credits are rolling as music by Dana P. Rowe. I said, what? Small world. Small world. Another lifetime ago, it was uh, – that was another little labor of love, you know. Uh, that was – and for a friend, with friends who were – they said, look, we're doing a film. We need music. Would you do it? And I said, absolutely, I will. And uh, it uh, – I don't think I, I think I got a video cut of it. You know, as you do, you get sure. you know you get a, like a video sort of rough of it, and then I just composed bunches and bunches of music, and they used whatever they liked. Okay, good. Well, it was funny. I was watching it, going, "Yep, this is Dana." <laughs> There's some signature Dana moves. I'm like, "Yep, uh huh." I know that one. I know that <laughs> well, one. Uh-huh. How cool is that? That's great. Yeah. Well, you have your signature sound and stuff, so it was what it was mean? nice to see. I did have a question though. 
Sure. Now, for those of you who don't know, Beauty Queen Butcher is a horror movie, and it's kind of like, uh, well, it's you know uh, your basic kind of Carrie story, right? But without the telekinesis, you know, it's all these girls running for a local beauty pageant. There's one girl who's just you know she ain't pretty. Yeah. And the others all pick on her, but she's running anyway, and I don't know, they pull a prank on her, so she gets revenge and kills them all. Right, it's a real knee slapper. It is, well, it is. Well, you know what, when, <laughs> when you have a drag queen as the judge of the beauty pageant, <laughs> Betty, Pr- <laughs> Betty Prunish. Yeah, that's, oh my God, that's right. Oh, Lord. Uh-huh. I said, okay, this is, there's a whole lot more going on behind the scenes here than I know about. But I did have a question for you. There was somebody, there's somebody was singing at the, the beauty pageant? Yes. Was that you? I think it might have been, Patrick. Because there was this, there was a bearded guy, and it just, like, and there was no credit. I'm like, I think that Actually, was it was, it, it was my voice. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because that was one of those things where they needed a, I think they needed a song for the Slew Queen, right? Yes. Uh, I think so. Well, yeah, that's what it was. It was the, it's the Here She Is Miss America kind of song. Yeah, something like that. And it was all pre-record, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I got my friend Avery Summers was the one who sang the Beauty Queen Butcher song. Uh, so we, you know, we and I, you know, I was just learning how to record. I was setting up a recording studio in my home at the time. Mm-hmm. This was in, I lived at, at the time I lived in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh Avery's voice was so powerful, you know, she's like one of these gals, she was in age, you know, she took over for uh, Nell Carter and Ain't Misbehaven. That would be a big voice. Yeah, it's a big voice. That would be a real big voice. Amazing, like, oh, exciting sound. But I had no idea how to record her. And uh, I had my, you know, my microphone and my digital recording set up, you know, and uh, I kept moving her. She ended up singing, I had a hallway in my apartment and she was, she (laughs) She ended up standing in, I swear to God, she was at one end of the hallway and I had my microphone at the other end, had no idea how to do it. Since then, I've learned how to record, you know. Oh, no. I'm just, thinking, know, of the, just thinking of the movie Tootsie. How do you feel about Cleveland? That yeah. <laughs> it's. I swear it's true. You know, I'm sure Avery would, would back me up on that. It, it's, it's. I just kept thinking. I said, uh, honey, I'm really sorry. Can you just back away a little more? <laughs> I think was, the neighbors must have loved that. Oh my god! Well, luckily it was you know it wasn't it was just like it was that wasn't a problem, but it was uh, certainly I I just knew something was wrong every time I kept asking you to move a couple feet back away from the microphone. <laughs> but now I know. Now I know. I'm, I'm picturing the spikes on your recording equipment. <laughs> it was. It was crazy. Just it was solid. Like, just basically a solid sad, color. It, it was just a block. You know? <laughs> Just a block, and you couldn't hear the music, you know. So, uh, oh, well, but we finally got it, and uh, yeah, that was that was the beginning of me learning how to record. And because you know, now these nowadays, it's not enough to just kind of re- you know know how to write a snappy show tune. You sort of have to learn how to demo your own stuff, and yeah, and uh, be a little bit of an engineer too. Yep, that is true. Hello, look who you're talking to. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't have no line producer here. Right? Uh, yeah. So, oh, so Dana, this has been great talking to you. Uh, what are you working on now? What's coming uh, up for Dana P. Rowe? a few things. Uh, I'm working on a musical about the life of the Mexican painter Frida Kahlo. Oh, okay. And her eyebrow. Unibrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit of, you know, uh, unibrow realness coming at you. Uh, and it's uh, she's an, a remarkable, you know, she's this remarkable 
force of nature she was. And um, so that's been a lot of fun. And we're sort of like wrapping that up right now. Um, we're I, Like I said, we're going to have a couple productions in the UK this, this year. Uh, the exact dates, we're not sure, but... It's been uh, London, 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 UK, been, UK, UK, and you're, you're uh, a traitor. You're a turncoat. I, I no, I'm so not. You know, I have to tell you. I mean, it's the one thing. You know, the Witches of Eastwick has been in every freaking country except the U.S. We had one production here in the U.S. And uh, it's just, and, and, and you name the language, it's just about been in every language. But you know, we just haven't had a production here. So I would rub love it in. Rub it in. I would love that. No, rub it in. I would love that. That would, you know, there's something. Excuse about- me. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, excuse me. I, I, I mean, it would be fabulous to have it at home, you know, and yeah. have my friends be able to come and uh, uh, that kind of thing. But um, and I'm working. I just did a couple of readings this last couple of weeks. Um, one is for C. Jane Run, which is a three woman vignette musical. Okay. Uh, we had the a, a illustrious trio of Christiane Knoll, uh, Christiane Tisdale, and Natalie Toro, who was in Zombie. We love Natalie Toro. We love Natalie Toro. I kind of adore that woman, and she just can do no wrong, as far as I'm concerned. And I she okay. This is completely off topic, but okay. I, I saw her do um, Eponine. Yeah, is Ephedrine. That she's the best. Epinephrine. Yeah, <laughs> I I was bartending there at the time, so I saw a lot of Eponines come and Eponines go, and I had this long string of Eponines that really shied away from being shot. Uh huh. It, it, it was. I got used to like this little teaspoon of blood that would that would be on the on, on her on her shirt when she, when she opened the jacket. So when the first time Natalie took over, and I was watching her, and that coat opened, and it looked like she'd been gutted. <laughs> That is so her. I mean, she's just a like, she that she'd been gutted. B that she loved it. <laughs> yes, she just goes for it. I mean, there's no, you know, with with her, it's like you just kind of say, "Do you think maybe you could?" And it's like there. Oh hell yeah! One of those people that you, it's so much easier to ask somebody to dial it down a little bit than to kind of keep encouraging them to go for it. And she's yeah. just fearless. I actually had to leave the theater <laughs> at that point because I gay gasped so loud, like. <laughs> The people were turning around and looking at me, and I said, now I'm going to laugh my head off, so I have to leave the theater. Thank you, Natalie Toro. <laughs> that was my first introduction to her, and I said, I'm in love with you forever. Yeah, she's <laughs> fantastic. Um, okay, so where can people find out more about you, Dana P. Rowe? Uh, at danapiro.com. And that's Rowe with an E. With an E, indeed. So it's D-A-N-A-P-R-O-W-E dot com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just wanted to do that because you don't know this, but my show is Scream Queens with a Z, so that's part of the, the marketing. Uh-huh. It's Scream Queens with a Z, like Liza. <laughs> like Liza, only exactly. not, right? Ex- exact to, except totally Liza. That's my market. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Dana, thank you so much for coming and talking thank to me. You. It's been wonderful having you, and... Um, we gotta do brunch or something. Okay, I'm with. I'm down for that. Okay, are you? I am. Are you? You're down with that. You are so I'm cool. I'm so I'm hip so, and happening, Patrick. You are. You are so hip. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, thank you, Dana. Big hugs to you. To you too. Take care, Patrick.
When I was a little boy, my dreams were bright and bold. Racing cars and chasing hopes, reaching out to grab the gold. Then I was a teenage corpse, my soul had never died. Can't give up, can't lie down, life can still be worth the ride. It's a tough world out there, Toffee. I don't care, Johnny. I don't know if I can promise you much of the future. There's bound to be a lot of people out there that won't accept us as a couple. I know that, but I'd also like to think that there are people out there who will understand our love. No matter what the future brings, we'll always have each other. Thank you. Here's to all the years ahead and two arms of the I know this is last minute, but will you please go to the prom with me? Ew, get lost, Jimmy. You will remember tonight! Your prom tickets! We don't have dates to the prom. I was gonna go, but then my day ate bad spinach. Wow, uh, Come on, Steven Ash! You're the minds behind 30 Days of Night and the Grudge movies. Why is this happening? Into the world. God's flushing the toilet. That was disturbing. If we don't stop those things from getting to the prom, then our world is over. Little lady, you'll get the machete. But I don't know how to shoot a machete. Where y'all going? Prom to kick some zombie ass. Who are you guys? We're the sci-fi club. We're here to rescue you. Dance of the Dead. Wish it was a corsage. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is the moment you've all been waiting for. The moment this entire episode has been building up to. We're going to be talking about a real zombie prom this time. Not a cutesy zombie prom where he just wants to take his girl to the prom and graduate. No, no, no. This is the brain-eating variety. And what better guest host to talk about a prom gone absolutely wrong 
than my actual prom date from my actual junior and senior prom. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the one, the only, the exotic Victorian example of willowy gorgeousness, Miss Jordan Straka. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm very good. I'm very excited we're finally doing this. We had some incidents. Yes, incidents. Skype was not my friend this week. It's still not my friend. I'm on Bradford's computer right now. Oh, man. I know. So it Should feels... you be speaking with a southern accent? Then? Oh, you, I, I can if you like, but that's <laughs> okay. going to get real old real soon. It's going to take... <laughs> This call is going to take so much longer because of all the extra vowel sounds I have to put in. <laughs> oh, fiddly D, we'll do that some other day. <laughs> okay, so how you doing, Georgianne? I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm having a – this is my one-day Memorial weekend. Working uh, like a dog. Yeah, well, I guess you know people in the floral industry don't get a lot of days off around holidays. Yeah, it freaking sucks. Uh-huh. Georgianne's a flower girl. That's me. Uh-huh. Not like for a wedding, but never mind. You know what I meant. <laughs> I'm Can a I... professional flower girl. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. I'm 48 years old. I'm going to come down and throw little rose petals in front of you. <laughs> That's what I would do if I was five foot two. Oh, my God. I'd be a f- professional junior bridesmaid or something. You are a little tall for a flower girl. Yeah, always was. Yes, always t- was. Georgianne is tall and exotic. Thanks for saying willowy. I'm not as willowy as I was in hey, 1987. You, you brought that you brought that word into my world. So. <laughs> yes, Georgiana and I met doing the Pirates of Penzance at Chaminade High School. Oh horror! Oh horror, indeed. <laughs> and that was three thousand years ago, and we're still friends. We fell out of touch for a long time, but I think she had to recover after all that prom. Oh. I God, I was the prom queen of Chaminade High School. You were. You went to like every prom, not just mine. Yeah. Everybody's prom, like for 12 I years. I like getting dressed up. She actually went to one last year, believe <laughs> I would if I could, now more so than ever. She's dating my classmates' kids now. <laughs> That's what I need. I need a 14-year-old. I'm a cougar, you know. You are. I'm at that age, a cougar. You are a cougar. <laughs> That's exactly what I think of. What I think of a cougar is you. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So it says you've they've heard a lot about you, Georgian. What? My listeners have heard a lot about you in the past. Oh no. Well, just in that that you were my prom date and everything, and I was kind of the first in your line, long line of people you date once and they turn gay. <laughs> I honestly believe that 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 they weren't too. You I know? know you didn't. I know you did. I know you did. That's why I kept saying, "Bring them to me. Bring them before me." <laughs> And then, you know, it's the one time where I actually, like, actually believed, like, I got to the point where, like, oh, this person is actually gay. <laughs> and, like, when they were asking me out and that sort of thing, I kind of said, well, why do you want to go out with me? You're gay. And they get mad at me. It's like, well, you know, I'm just trying to save my, my own sense of You're, sanity here, you, you know? You, girl, you got some dignity. You have <laughs> needs. You're a woman you know, and you have needs. I mean, I have needs, and if you're, you know, if you're not gonna want to go out with me or kiss me or that sort of thing, like let's just, just let's end it here. Thank you, thank you. 
Because I'll go out with you if I like you, you know? Uh-huh. I'm not that picky. Uh-huh. Yeah, but don't worry. Don't worry, listeners. Georgianne finally found a straight man, and she scooped him up and married him. And he's great. He really is. Even though he broke my tooth with a lace cookie. <laughs> he's an excellent cook. There's yeah. lots of things about Richard. He's an amazing cook. <laughs> Avoid those lace cookies, though. You're, that was so You're not a baker. They heard about this, too. They heard about this, too. Like at Christmas, I broke my tooth on one of your husband's lace cookies, and everybody just stood around and made fun of me for the rest of the night. You broke your tooth on a lace cookie? What a pansy. Your mouth, Patrick. They melt in your mouth. I am aware of that, but my You're mouth melted on the cookie. You're not supposed to chew on them. Gosh, I hope you've done something about your dentals. I did. I did. I got that fixed a long time ago. And what was it? Remember in high school, you ate the Dorito of death? The Dorito of death? Don't you remember the Dorito of death? No. Oh, I don't know. You had like a, you got a Dorito that had like glass in the oh, bag. Oh, no, something. the glass. That was, that was, yeah, I drank out of a glass that turned out to have a chip in it. And I swallowed the glass and it messed up my stomach for a while. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. I thought it was a Dorito though. No, I believe it became the Dorito of death in like <laughs> pop culture. Like when it, when it entered into legend status, it became the Dorito of death. You should have like a, a filter like on all your food. I should. It's Bradford. Perhaps some, like, Bradford just eats anything. It's just like Bradford eat everything first. Just got to pull it away from so that something left. It chew it and spit in your mouth or something like that. <laughs> We're not that close. <laughs> That's gross. That is gross. I'm sorry. I that was that really out. disgusting. That was really disgusting. So do, 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 what do you remember about our prom? Um, the proms. Well... I do remember my dress for your junior prom had a peblum, which is now back in fashion again. Yes, it is. Um, I, got, I believe I got it on sale at Marshall's, or my mother did. It was like $19.99. big spender. <laughs> Baby blue. Uh-huh. I also wore it to Sybil Thebold's six, Sweet 16 party where I went with Jonathan Brady. Also gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that dress got some action. Uh, not the right kind of action, <laughs> The junior prom. I don't remember anything about the junior prom. I don't remember much anything about the junior prom. I remember. I remember the theme was carnival, and it was in the gym. And I remember somebody wore a Laura Ashley like floral pattern thing, and I was like, "That's not a prom dress." Yeah. I remember we talked about that for a long time, and that should have been a big clue. That should have been a clue for me, probably. <laughs> Just, why is he so obsessed with the Laura Ashley floral print dress? <laughs> and then afterwards, we went to Dangerfield. Oh yeah, Dangerfield. That we had was Long Island iced teas, and the whole the place. Yeah, the whole place was filled with underage prom kids. We're like, no, oh, we're no, not coming from a prom. We're just. It was the tunnel. the tunnel. It was called the tunnel. It was yeah. like a nightclub. What was like? It was like over by Tenth Avenue or something. Is that even there even? I don't know. I don't know. The tunnel is not there anymore. Dangerfield is in another location. I don't remember. I just remember Trish Coffee was there and she was shit faced. Oh yeah, I remember that. Not that the rest of us weren't, but we're like the bouncers are like. You're not coming from a prom, are you? And we're all in like lace and taffeta. <laughs> no. And acne with Clearasil, you know, with the colored Clearasil on her face. It's like, no, we're not coming from a prom. They didn't care. Who did she go to the prom? She went from like with Sean. Ooh, what was his name? Lynch. Was it Sean Lynch? Hmm. I don't know. I just saw Sean Lynch at a reunion. You did? Oh, you went to the real reunion? The too? real grown up reunion. It, that was Holy not as much fun. I was there with Gorman and uh, Kevin Kearns. We just sat in the back and made fun of everyone. So it was like old times. Yeah. Yeah, it was like everyone just went right back to their clique. But we're not talking about reunions. Right okay, now. sorry, 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 sorry. Oh. No, that's fine. It's fine. This is all co- local color. And who went um, – I was with – who Who shared the cab? Who shared the cab? Who shared the limousine with us? Junior Do we prom, have our own? Junior prom, I only had one for after. 
it was a whole big thing. My parents were away. I had no money. I could only afford it for after, but whatever. The second senior prom, I don't remember. It was like not my normal crowd at all. I seem to recall that was at the Huntington Townhouse. Uh, the, the, the Huntington Townhouse, where dreams come true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That they tore that place down, I think. That's Did they? not there anymore. Yeah. Oh, no. How sad. Yeah. How sad. That had sparkles in the ceiling. It did have sparkles in the ceiling. We had lots of time to look at the ceiling because that was the worst part. Remember, do you remember that they wouldn't let us dance? No, I don't remember not dancing. It was a band, I think, right? Not a DJ? I don't remember. But I just remember, like, every time we got up to dance, they'd be like, everyone would turn to your seat was serving food. Yeah, and then the food would come out. And then we'd get up to dance again and be like, please return to your seats with seven food. And it was like that all night. I remember we were throwing jelly beans at each other. Yeah, this, the, that remember that prom was just, it was strange and boring. It was really strange and boring, except for the jelly beans, which were yours, but we threw them at each other anyway. That, was our, that was their gift. That was their gift. That was, that was, that was our prom gift was that we got jelly beans in Chaminade colors of crimson and gold. Crimson and gold. Over, over the, the, wow, that was awful. Oh my god! And was it your prom that Debbie Gibson was at, or was that was that? Um, that was mine. <laughs> and she, she was with Jimmy Skidoo. yes, she was. And she had on like leather, yeah, um, granny granny boots that were so weird, and her dress was like all crazy. Uh-huh. Debbie Gibson was the star of our youth. I think she was. She was our our star of our electric youth. <laughs> No, I remember. No, you're, it was a band because I remember her, she would be like, oh, my God, I hope the band doesn't play one of my songs and asked me to come up and sing, which means that's exactly what I want. But they didn't. And she was pissed. <laughs> oh, please, Jesus. God, I hated Debbie Gibson. We all hated Debbie Gibson. Deborah Gibson. Deborah, she's Debbie again now. And now she fights off mega pythons and gatoroids. What you doing? I hadn't seen that movie. I just saw the trailer that you sent me. And it's when you hear the word, you want to hear the irony, the cruel irony of my life. What's that? Is that when I when I when I finally made it to college, I had a college roommate oh, no. who was obsessed with Debbie Gibson <sighs> and had actual like actually said, people tell me all the time I look like Debbie Gibson and had like a picture of Debbie Gibson on her wall. Really, all the time. <laughs> people tell you that all the time. I'm like, that makes honey, you feel good. <laughs> honey, I went to your college. Nobody looked like Debbie Gibson. <laughs> That's what it was. It was. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a lot of phys ed majors, so a lot of her friends were just like, hi, I'm Chris. <laughs> education major. <laughs> That's what I meant. Physical education. Uh-huh. Gotta love it. Yes. But Hold what on. else is it? I talked to Debbie Gibson when she was singing. No, you didn't. Go away, Bradford. That was gross. I hope you didn't hear that. I could barely hear that. Good. So that's good, because it was disgusting. Everybody. But, you know, Hi, yes. But, you know, at least, at least, at least the problem was complete because I do remember at some point we did get up and dance to Bon Jovi. Fucking A. Bon Jovi. Fucking I can curse a. on your podcast, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mo- Don't tell my mother I said the F word. I won't. Oh, my gosh. I'll say it with some sort of weird interference. Bradford, stop saying the F word. What are you doing? That's so weird. Go away, Bradford. She can't hear you. Nobody can hear you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Such a, I can hear birds from your end. That's really wild. Birdies. It's very pretty outside. Yeah, it is pretty. I have to go out in a bit. I have to. I'm cat sitting uptown, so I have to go all the way up to Washington Heights and take care of some um, kitties. They're terrified of me, but that's really not interesting right now. But you know, even though our prom was boring, 
Oh, wait, you know, one more thing. Yeah. At least our prom, even though our prom was boring, Georgian, mm-hmm. at least it didn't get overrun by zombies. That's true. Right. Because we're actually here to talk about the 2008 film Dance of the Dead. Now, this was my first time watching this. I got this on a recommend when I was looking for prom movies that were not mm-hmm. carry. What'd you think? You know what? I got to be honest with you because I, I, I have sort of a – I don't have the attention span I used to have for horror movies. What? I don't have the same attention span I used what? to have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't have my attention span. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God. I hope I can watch this because I mm-hmm. usually like I start watching and then I know where it's going and I yeah. just I lose interest. It phase out. But it held my attention. Good. Um, I found it very entertaining. Me too. And um, I'm glad you picked it. So my so the person who recommended it to me, I can't remember who it was, said that like if John Hughes was still alive and made a horror movie, this would be it. And we are John Hughes babies we here. We are. We are. And I have to say, that's pretty. It's a pretty good assessment. Yeah, I think it was too. Yeah, and it was. It had a nice. It was charming. Mm-hmm. And, and you had all your your stereotypes going on there. You had your, you know, your your geeky girl, your mm-hmm. cheerleader girl, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your smart boy, <laughs> sci-fi club. Yeah, the sci-fi. Was, that's that's a hankering back to Sixteen Candles, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh huh. See, I always felt I was a Molly Ringwald kind of person. You were totally a Molly Ringwald kind of person. <laughs> well, my favorite line of hers in that is, "Wait, is it? What is it?" Dong is here for one day, and he's got someone. I'm here my whole life, and I'm like a disease. That's totally you, Jordan Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was hi, Sebastian. He's back. Sebastian the cat is back. Um, okay, do so you want to give a quick plot summary for those who let's, are not familiar? Let's see what I remember because I was drinking the wine when I was watching the movie too. The best way to watch it. <laughs> all right, um, all right. S- starts off in a groovy cemetery with sort of a cemetery guy kind of guy. Cemetery. That's a nice. That's a good scary movie. Cemetery guy kind of guy. Yeah. So he's uh, he's clean. You know, cleaning the graves, digging the graves, what have you, and like these like. Body parts are like attacking him, mm. and you're like, "Holy shit!" And then you realize, um, and then you cut right to the prom. They're playing the prom, and this mm. pretty redheaded girl who's very actively involved in everything. She's sort of a Marjorie Gerbrock. She was totally Marjorie Gerbrock. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was Marjorie Gerbrock, but in your body. Yeah, she was tall and kind of yeah, big and willowy at the same time. Yes. Um, big away. Big we and uh, <laughs> sort of get a, an idea that there's some a little tension between her and the and the popular class president kind of guy, and he kind of asks her to the prom, and she obviously dumps her her geeky pizza delivery boy guy. Who would I? Who would you say the geeky delivery pizza boy guy was? Oh, from our clique. Yeah, the geeky pizza delivery that everything was a joke to. Yeah. I, almost, I would go with Kearns, Kevin Kearns. Sorry about Hello? that. Hello? Oh, you're back. Okay. I would say Kevin Kearns. All right, say Kevin Kearns. Because he had sort of that goofiness to him, but he was kind of cute and what Smart happened? mouth and cool. So, yeah, he was, he was the he was cool, cool geek. Kinda, but he had more direction, though. He was good in school. You get the sense that the pizza delivery guy wasn't so great in school. Yeah, Is this but, a synopsis or am I, am I rambling a little bit? You're rambling a little bit, but that's okay. Well, basically, what is <laughs> It's prom night, and I mean, it's not a very difficult plot to assess. It's prom night. Zombies come busting out of the graveyard. And um, what I liked about this movie is that it was the geeks who didn't have dates for the prom. 
that save the day. Who have to like it's it's all about them. It's really Ooh, not about the prom. Is that a spoiler alert? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, not at all because it that's what made it John Husey for me. It was not yeah. about the popular kids for the most part. It was about the jerks who, for one reason or another, did not get to go to the prom. But what I thought was interesting and weird and kind of worked and kind of didn't was what you mentioned the cemetery guy guy. Yeah. Was that the seems to happen all the time? But he's on top of it because they he's live like, next to. It yeah, like he's like, why'd you guys do this? Is these this is the zombies are? He like he knew exactly how to handle it. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. guys, but it was like it just like that day it got out of control or whatever, and he was like, oh damn it, but um, things well, are it's like, because the kids went to make out in the in the cemetery. Well, that's always going to bring on zombies. Yeah, you br- you bring in that like young hormonal flesh. Because Ooh. you know what I learned from this movie? What zombies hate date rape. You you know. Thank God for that. that Somebody's little, got that, you. Your little redhead girl. She was on a, almost day raped by the... By that cool guy. By the cool... Uh, Mitch the Bitch, as I was calling him. Mitch the Bitch? Uh-huh. Wow. That's, oh, we could call he was, him... Uh, uh, he's like, do you oh, want to drive in my car? Do you want to get take it to a prom in a car that smells like pizza? Or in a car that smells like b- vanilla bean air freshener? Ew. My, like, my, my Aunt Jones house smells like <laughs> <laughs> being air freshener. It's so not sexy. It's really not sexy at all, but he really liked it because he brought it up twice. <laughs> Let's call him Steve Muzzanegro. Oh, he was totally Steve Muzzanegro. <laughs> Steve Muzzanegro, we did uh, – oh, my God. Is he listening? Are you out there, Steve Muzzanegro? Steve Muzzanegro, we did South Pacific with him, and he played Cable, Lieutenant Cable. Let's, and let's, when he sang Younger Than Springtime to Leon, he had a boner. <laughs> he had a boner on stage at Shaman on High School. <laughs> Shout out high school totally needed a sci-fi club, by the way. It didn't have a sci-fi club? No, it did not have a sci-fi club. Did you have Dungeons and Dragons or was that like No, Satanist? no, that was probably Satanist. You're right. We had the button club. <laughs> Which they still have. The butt I still yeah, apparently, because we all have buttons from our, our uh-huh. Darby Darby player reunion. You're thinner than Tara button. We're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> probably not anymore. Uh um well, Mike Kaloon still has his, so that's that's great. But, I still have my best personality button. Aww. You know, that made my day. You're all making fun of me, but it made my year. Hey. <laughs> and I have my get-out-of-jail-free card, too. Oh, wait. Didn't best personality mean you were a big whore? <laughs> no, I think it was me and I was, like, an alcoholic. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> all of our awards had, you know, <laughs> we're never straightforward. <laughs> Little do we know, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the thing, the other thing I thought was kind of interesting and they didn't really use much of it was that the zombies just didn't come like crawling out of the ground at a certain point where the girls are getting chased through the cemetery. They are like exploding. Boom. Yeah. Out of the ground and hitting the ground running. I'm like, that's pretty fucked up. That's kind of like Japanese stuff right there. It was cool. It was cool. I'm like, it's kind of, kind of ridiculous, but it kind of works too. And then when they got into the, um, the, the funeral home, it's Mm -hmm. like, where are we? We're in the funeral hall, funeral parlor. It's like, Bleh! it's like oh, they all come out of the, the morgue cabinets and all that stuff like that. Oh uh-huh. my god! Oh uh-huh. my god! Uh-huh. I like I, even the bad guy, like the villainy kid, the bully kid. Mm-hmm. I liked him. I, yeah, I liked everybody. Yeah, that was that's a good sign when like, every time somebody got killed in this, I was like, oh. And the poor the girl, the pretty cheerleader girl who goes for the geek uh, sci-fi king. Yeah, that was good. That was that a was, good. Uh, that was an interesting um, death. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because the, the movie's mm-hmm. old, but so I can talk about this, I suppose. But yeah, the, the the one of the guys from the sci-fi club is just longing for Jules. This, Jules. 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 <laughs> is longing for 
Gwen, the cheerleader, was going to ask her to the prom but never got around to it because she was going to go out with that gross guy from the band. Jules is the John Cusack character, and you know how I feel about John Cusack. I do know how you feel about John Cusack. If, and, if John Cusack, you're out there, I will leave my husband for right, you. Right, but instead you're of standing meant at, to be. instead of standing outside with the radio, he instead escorts her to the bathroom. Yeah. Which is his first and last mistakes. Turns out she's been bitten. She's like, don't tell anybody. And he's like, no, I'll stay with you. And he does. And then they make out. And then she dies and she eats his face. But then they have this weird, like, nerd <laughs> fantasy, like, twisted dream fulfillment because they're kind of eating each other when they're both dead and it was sexy. Because <laughs> 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 I was watching with Brent, I'm like, ew, aw, ew, aw, ew, aw. That was actually sort of my reaction, too. I was like, it this was... is so sweet, but it's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> ew. She God. had my favorite line of the movie, by the way, where they, they run into the gym coach at some point, and the gym coach is like super survivalist and has every kind of weapon known to man, and he's handing out things, and he's like, and you, cheerleader, you're going to take the machete. And she goes, I don't know how to shoot a machete. <laughs> I, I wrote it down. I love you. That's what I love about you, Patrick. You are always good at remembering the lines from movies. Well, I wrote it down because I said I would have forgotten it because there's other things I wrote down. I'm just like, I don't even know what I have here. I don't yeah. even know. what this, I can't read my writing. Something about something, 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 garage. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, they hotbox the garage. I like The band, the awful band cracked me up, too. Oh, yeah, that was hysterical. And then that when guy they got, who thought it was so cool. <laughs> and then they got up with a song. He stopped. Alone the shadows of the night. So, baby, take my hand. It'll be all right. Surrender all your dreams to me tonight. They'll come true in the end. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, the, the movie... This movie's twist is that the zombies kind of dig music. It makes them stop. They're like, oh, yeah, cool movie, music. And they'll just sway. Like, we've been jamming for five hours. I'm like, turn on a radio. <laughs> What's it's the vibrations, Patrick. It's the vibrations. Oh, no, it's always about the vibrations. Yes, you know more about that than I do. That was terrible. But anyway, I just felt bad. The poor Hawaii, poor, poor Lindsay to put so much time putting together the Hawaiian hula prom. There's another kind of hula. But oh. <laughs> first of all, there was not enough A's in Hawaiian on the sign. She was mortified. Now zombies took it over and just really sad for her. Yeah, but she... She lived in the end, though, right? Or did I fall asleep at that point? No, no, but she lived. She lived. And then, yeah, she even got a slow dance at the prom. Yeah. So we're running with the shadows <laughs> of the night, baby. They even used 80s music, which made me... Oh, right. used 80s music, which brought the whole, like, thing around. But uh, I Perfect. thought this was adorable. It was adorable. It was a totally entertaining, fanciful romp. And I'd recommend it to any youngster on Halloween. <laughs> and really, for a zombie movie, the gore, except for that scene with the making out, there's not a lot of super gore. Yeah, not it was it was appropriate gore. Yeah. It wasn't like uh, there was a couple of gross things, but not couple, really. But not like usually with 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 zombie movies, you get a lot of guts and you know eyeballs get ripped out and close up. Yeah, hell, I can't even watch Walking Dead. I no. get, I go shut it up. I don't watch it because it stinks, but you know. <laughs> I just yelled oh. at the TV. I'm like, why is everybody so stupid? Why are you all so stupid? Carl! Get in Carl! the house. Get in the Carl! house. Get in the house. Who's mowing the lawn? Why are all the lawns mowed? <laughs> <laughs> ah, never thought about that. Uh-huh. Somebody pointed that out to me. Now I see it everywhere. 
So the whole, I guess the moral of the story is if you're having, if you're in a high school and you're, it's prom night, but you have a nuclear reactor in your town, you might want to skip your prom. Skip your prom because you'll, you'll be the hero. Huh? But what I loved in the end where they, where they found like the prom queen in her court hiding in the bathroom. I'm like, who are you guys? Like, we're the sci-fi club. <laughs> <laughs> More nerd fantasy. They wound up with all the hot girls. Yeah, come this way, come this way. Yeah, because because I'm just thinking, yeah, because you are the last man on earth, which is what the and not if you were the last man on earth. Well, I am. So I am. You and you know, let's face it, geeks try harder. They really do. They do try harder. They try harder. That's 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 a t-shirt right there. Geeks try harder. <laughs> Short men and geeks. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Now. <laughs> If it was, if it was so, I mean, if our prom is so boring, I would have somewhat welcomed the zombie attack. It wasn't that boring. It was pretty boring. I just remember being annoyed and like the people at our table, I didn't really know the people at our limo. And then there was all the confusion afterwards because they wanted to go on a boat and there was a storm. And wasn't, weren't we supposed to go to like Adventureland or something? And then it was closed. Yeah, it was in, I remember just driving around in that limo forever before they figured out what they wanted to do. And then you didn't want to do what they wanted to do. Which I agreed because they're like, let's go out on a boat and there's a storm. I'm like, no, no. And so instead we're like, let's go somewhere. And then we went somewhere and then that we couldn't get in. And then we left and then I fell asleep. And then I had cereal at your house. Then you yelled at me for two years afterwards. Yeah. You could have done anything you wanted to me in that limousine. Oh, yeah. That's how, that's when I, I, guess I, think, I think that's when I figured it out. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> That would come up at random moments, like it'd be like anything. Like it'd be, we could be on stage, like at something, and you'd just be like, "You could have done anything you wanted to me in that limousine, and you did it." Yeah, it's funny because I had a, such a crush on you, and then I ended up going to the prom with that the senior who spent the whole time looking down my dress, and I was annoyed the whole time. You know what I mean? It's like, what? A, how messed up I, I am? Did? I not you? You? Yeah, I see. me. It's like I don't know. I don't know. Well, you were probably just dazzled by my raspberry maroon hair. You know what? It, oh, yeah, shit. Dazzled your hair. Some ridiculous color. You know what, though? I was trying to think about this. I'm like, well, why didn't you know? Like, you ask yourself. It's like, well, what were you thinking, girl? Uh-huh. Like, but you know what you remind me of? And I don't know if you're going to take this the right way or the wrong way. Uh-huh. Um, but you have the same sort of allure. As the guy on what's his, um, Arrested Development, um, oh, okay. the I, Big Brother, I, Joe. I don't watch it, so I don't. Oh shit! You remind me. Of, there's a character in Arrested Development who's like ridiculous, mm-hmm. but there's something fun. There's something funny and attractive about him, okay. and that's what you have. Okay, I will so accept I that. Just want, I wanted it to work out because mm-hmm. you were just kind of goofy, but but fun. You never. I never knew what you were going to say or do next, which I thought was it was just very fun to be around you. Thank you. Thank you. But hey, look at it this way. If we had actually dated, we probably still wouldn't be talking. Yeah, that's true. That's totally. true. So it worked out better in the long run, in my opinion. Long term, long term. Okay. I think that's about all we got time for, Mr. Jan Strakos. Thank you very much for joining me again. Well, not Thanks. again, but for joining me first time again. Shut up. You know what I meant. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. You you know what I I wish I was a better uh, horror movie person, but... That's okay. It's all types here. You're, there was a theme for this. It's all zombie prom all the time. And who better? What was your prom song? You don't remember? 
Every time I think of you, I feel the rush right through with sense of the bizarre love, love triangle. triangle. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Oh, ask a really do, random do, question. Do, do, do. What? At Our Lady of Mercy Academy. Uh huh. Did you happen to know a girl named Marion Pfeiffer? Probably would have been in the class above you. Yeah. Oh my God. How was she know? was she the class ahead of me or the cl- my class? I can't remember. That's how bad my brain is. She, she had cool hair. Did she? Yeah. Did I dished her on my last episode? You dished her? Totally dished her. You know why? Why? Every year in grammar school, she was always the May Queen for the crowning of the. <laughs> you know who? You know what? Christy Every year. Won't- Christy Wollin always got to sing Ave Maria. Well, well Christy Wollin could sing, so that's fine. But no, every year it was fucking Marion Pfeiffer up there just like lobbing the crown of flowers on Mary's head. And I'm like, what, what, what are the requirements? And the thing was you couldn't hate Marion Pfeiffer because she was lovely. And she was lovely and her name was Marion. And Pfeiffer. That's Mary. You, when, you, when your name starts with a PH, that's cool. Pfeiffer. Yeah, she was sort of, wasn't she sort of like a, pro, she was sort of a preppy princess, if I remember correctly, well, but I she always know. had I cute, short hair. I didn't know her past fifth grade, so I don't know when we all had uniforms, but she would seem to have been a preppy princess. Oh, my God. I figured she would have been a sacred heart girl, but it does make sense that if she If I remember been. correctly, she was a turtle, she, she, she used to rock a turtleneck. I could see her doing that because she used to rock, she would always have a single white little plastic bow clip. Over the left temple. She used to rock that. Aww. So, yeah. You know, it was fifth grade. Anyway. You know, it's funny, though, is I, I honestly, I, I pro- like, I could be confusing her with someone else, though, because that's how my, my brain is all, it all knocks around care. in there. And I don't comes care. Out. She's, she, she, you know Marion Pfeiffer, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, I didn't know she grew up in, like, in Garden City. She grew up in Floral Park. It was there before. Oh, you're from Floral Park. Floral Park. It's because I'm a pansy. Well, that's like ah. Floral Park, Queens. It's half and half. Half and half? Yeah, half Nassau, half Queens. Ah. Uh, what, what side were you in? Nassau. 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 Wantua. That's where we're from. We're from Nassau County. Right, Nassau kid. Oh, my God. Oh my God, fucking I, Deb, Judy Diversa. Okay, now we're like way off topic and nobody's interested anymore. George Ann, thank you very much. It has been a pleasure. Big hugs to you. Tell Thanks, Richard Patrick. I say, hey. I shall look out. You, you shall come for a food soon. You I, shall would like, food. I would like for food. Okay, good. Okay. Have a good day. Be good. Bye. Every time I think of you, I feel shot right through with a bolt of blue. It's no problem of mine. It's a problem I find. Living a life that I can't leave behind. There's no sense in telling me the wisdom of a fool won't set you free. That's the way that it goes It's what nobody knows While every day my confusion Hey Patrick, this is so sorry to take a couple calls. Okay, Phil, I I'm so surprised when <laughs> Phil 
got voted out by the Survivor three amigos. Now, I mean, didn't get survived, but the idea was he was still living in his little world. I just loved it. I mean, I almost fell off the bed the night that he got voted off. And oh my people God, out there, amazing. if you don't ever, ever watch Survivor, fuck off because, I'm sorry, Patrick, this is how I live and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I want your opinion. Would Brandon justify for what he did? By tearing up, throwing away the food and stuff, you know, uh, and then Phil having his little childhood uh, fears, you know. Oh, I yeah. want to see out this, this challenge and stuff like that. That yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do have a childhood fear. I know if I go into a museum and there's like a room goes into the next room and it's dark, getting uh-huh. to the next room. You know, I make a wide berth about it, but, I mean, I'm 55 years old. I've got, mm-hmm. you know, it scares me a little bit, but it, it don't keep me from walking around. Do you no. have like, any childhood fear that you still have that follows you? Oh. Okay, let me stop here, because last time, the first time I made this call, I got cut off. <gasps> and Shame. I hate being cut off. And I Who know doesn't? you love it. All right, I'll call <laughs> I you do back love in a little while. <laughs> Bye. Oh, Mikey, sweet little Mikey from North Carolina. Nobody had any idea what you were talking about for the last minute and a half. Nobody but you and me. Okay, Philip, I have no, I have no, no patience for that kind of crazy. I have no patience for them bringing back that kind of crazy because the season previous, you know, with What's Your Face from Facts of Life was one of the best seasons. It was all about gameplay. It was about actual strategy and not about lunatics that are there to boast ratings. And so bringing... Philip back with his freaking gross pink peeny panties. I was not happy. And the fact that he was in charge for some mysterious reason for so long was just asinine. There's something wrong with that man. And when it comes to that challenge, okay, I get it. You had some Trump childhood traumatic effect. You know, that you got, you're afraid of being caught under the water like that. You're on Survivor. You were allegedly in the Secret Service and the FBI and all those other things. You're telling me that that situation might never have come up before, previously? Suck it up, Buttercup. You're on the wrong show. And besides, you don't get a ch- No, regardless of the fact, you don't take yourself out of a challenge when it's individual and immunity. That's, sorry, other, everybody else is there to play. Sorry. And Brandon dumping out the rice. Again, that's histrionics. Crazy people. They put too many crazy people on in one season because they think that's what we want to see. Maybe some people want to see that. I get tired of it really quickly. I want to see people who are actually there to play the game like normal people and watch them turn into crazy people, animal, monster things. Um, And as for my childhood fear, I think I've talked about this on here before. There's a movie called The Legacy that I talked about. I don't know what episode it was. But there's a scene where uh, it's about witchcraft. A girl is swimming alone in the pool. She's swimming under the water. And it's all, you know, beautific. And the music's all like, isn't this beautiful la, 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 la. and then when she goes to resurface it's like the, the top of the water has become solid like she can't break the surface of the water and she slowly very slowly drowns and it comes out of nowhere and it's very horrifying and to this day I think of that every time I'm in a pool by myself particularly if I'm swimming underwater there's always that little niggling fear going it's not you're not going to be able to break the surface but then I do it I'm like ha huh. Take that, 1978 stupid movie that nobody remembers but me. But thank you for calling, Mikey. I see you called again. Hey, Patrick, Mikey back. 
no quick thing about Survivor. I know. <laughs> not Survivor. Your show. I'm not taking the time. You need to say ask my opinion. Uh, the thing about Dawn dropping her retainer in the water. Oh, yeah, that. you know, and then she was afraid to jump in the water and had Brenda go in and get the water. <sighs> was she really worried, worried about hygiene? You know, no. and then got she got the retainer back. Oh, I don't want anybody to know what I have a retainer. <sighs> They've been on the island so long, you yeah. don't Nobody think really care about that. And then, then she has to wash it off, you know. Okay, you know, again, glad you're back. I'm sorry I didn't, I, I put on Facebook happy birthday, but I'm sorry I didn't call, call no, in no, no, with no, you no, guys, no, 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 you and Brad, no, 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 terrific no. Brad, happy birthday, you know, he's about almost as old as I am, and that's not saying much. Uh-huh. Okay, um, that's about it, Patrick. If I think anything else, I mean... Oh, the audio book. Yeah, I've heard other audio books. I can't hear a word. And they do have sound effects. And, I mean, yeah, the uh, person that did it was uh, one of these stars and stuff like uh-huh. that. It was an important book. So, I mean, I mean that book wasn't say it wasn't important. That story was very important. But, I again, I know what you're doing. It's for your career. Keep it up. Um, Mikey, you know I love you, but you really got to stop calling during the middle of an avalanche. What is going on on your end of the phone? Child. Oh, yeah, Dawn. Dawn was one of my least favorite players of all time, just for her annoying factor. So much drama. So much annoying drama. And the thing is, I would drive Brad crazy. Every time she was on camera, like, she's making faces again. She's making faces. That woman made more faces than I don't know. Someone who makes a lot of faces. I got nothing. She drove me crazy. She drove me crazy. And let me tell you something, Mikey. Dear Abby used to say that it is never too late to send a thank you note or a condolence or a birthday wish. So you're right on time with your happy birthday. So thank you. Thank you. Mikey said happy birthday, Bradford. Happy birthday! No, he said it to you. Oh, thank you! He's so stupid. And, uh, yeah, for the audiobooks, I know some of them have uh, sound effects, but you're getting into dicey territory, too, because that's a whole different department that often does that, not the narrator. But, you know, thank you for your support. I totally see what you're saying, and thank you for calling. And, oh, my goodness, it looks like you called in again, Zombard. Hey, Patrick, it's Mikey again from North Carolina. I know I'm a pain, but you love this. Um, One more thing about the um, Jekyll High Club, that commercial, you know, that you posted on Facebook. Yes. I would like, I get, I would think you would do a better chance at doing doing that, better doing the commercial. And by the way, who who is that person that did the commercial, you know? It's my boss. I mean, and then I asked the question about if anybody see. I mean, I went through, scooped through all of YouTube and stuff, anything to relate to the Jekyll High Club, you know. Uh, and uh, I didn't see you in anything there. So nah. I'm sure you'll be famous one way or another, your voice, your body, or Ooh. you'll be in the paper. Yeah, I'm we'll saying paper that. Something. Yeah, Patrick. That's a scandalous person, isn't he? No. 
No, I wouldn't consider the pastor a scandalous person. <laughs> well, yeah, he's kind of scandalous. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, oh, I forgot to hang up. Bye. Yeah, yeah, you just do that. Yeah, I don't get those commercials either, Mikey. I'm not saying anything bad about the Jekyll and Hyde Club. For those of you who don't know, that's where I work, uh, Times Square and 44th Street in Manhattan. Um, the commercials are odd, just because it's my boss, Mike, kind of sort of half-heartedly tearing you through the place. But it's strange because they chose to do it when there was nobody there or no, none of the other actors and none of the puppets are actually doing what they do. So you really don't have an, a sense of what it is at all, and also it reveals one of the big secrets of the place, and that is the location of the restroom, because uh, it's supposed to be a secret, hidden passages, all that, and the fact that it's in the commercial pisses me off. But then again, I don't know where this commercial is airing. I have not seen it anywhere. I don't know if it's just for the website or whatever, but regardless, they didn't use me, and that is the own damn fault. What, what, that's right. Thank you, Mikey. Talk to you soon. Hi, Patrick. It's Lauren. I just wanted to call in and express my appreciation. Um, I've been going through kind of a rough time, so what I've been doing is just listening to all the Scream Queens episodes, or re-listening, rather, from episode one forward on a loop. Um, Stopping, of course, to listen to Super Super Psycho Sweet 16, and I just really appreciated it um, because I needed needed a pick-me-up. Thank you. um, You helped. Yeah, happy birthday to you, Mr. Brad. I'm sorry I missed that. Um, yeah, I just want you to know you've been bringing a lot of joy to my life um, this week. And um, hopefully I'll get up to New York soon. And we can just talk in most popular girls in school character okay. voices the um, entire time. I, I have a pretty bad head cold right about now. Um, so that kind of limits what voices I can do. But... I imagine, like, you would have to be Mackenzie Zales. No! Head cheerleader, homecoming queen, part-time motherfucking model. Because you're the prettiest one, and you have the tiara. Well, that is true. Um, And I'm really excited they came out with season two. And to all the other screamers who don't watch the most popular girls in school, they're going to... They can just imagine I have a frog in my throat. So, anyway, I'm what? really glad you are um, back from your break and that the break was really brief. It was Bye. 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 Poor Lauren. Oh, poor little Lauren. Poor luscious Lauren. I'm sorry you haven't been feeling that great and that you've been going through a rough time. But I totally hear you. This whole week, I feel like I am drowning. Drowning in stuff to do when it's getting really mopey dopey and all this other stuff too but i'm glad that i was there to cheer you up even if it was post facto if i'm using that term incorrectly and she's absolutely right if you bitches aren't listening to them or rather watching the most popular girls in school on youtube then you can just suck my balls you could suck a fucking root beer float out of my asshole with a crazy straw, which is something that was never said on the show, but I think should be. And no, I'm not Mackenzie Zales at all. At heart, I'm a Trisha. I'm totally Trisha. I love the rules, even if I don't particularly understand them. <laughs> Always good-natured, never particularly malicious, except when she doesn't know what she's doing, which is most of the time. I love Trisha. Trisha is the bomb. Um, yeah, get your ass to New York. Let's actually hang out this time and not just pass in the night. 
like ships that are stupid. Okay, Lauren, thank you for calling. Big kisses, mwah, mwah, and mwah, mwah. Okay, okay, hold the phone. Bradford is now arguing with me. Bradford is now accusing me of being Lady Tater Tot. I'm not Lady You're Tater Tot. Totally you are Lady Tater Tot. You are Tiny Tater Tot. That's it. No, I guess that's right. I guess I'd have to. You'd have to cook to be Lady Tater Tots. And fine, I'm Lady Tater Tot, and I'm a lesbian. Where's my hairnet? Thanks, Lauren. Thank you for starting this particular fight. God. Hello, Patrick. This is Marion Pfeiffer, and I do not appreciate oh, you talking oh, about me oh, on your little... Oh, oh, no, you didn't. No, 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 you did. You're doing this to me. You're doing this to me right now. You're doing this to me right now. Okay, hold on, hold on. I got to brace myself for this. Okay, let's start over. Let's start over with a fresh mind. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's Marion Pfeiffer. Hello, Patrick. Oh, God. This is Marion Pfeiffer, and I do not appreciate you talking about me on your little, your silly little podcast. No. Don't be jealous just because I was a May Queen every year. No, I'm just kidding. This is Jay the Honk Up. Hey, Patrick. Yay. How are you doing? Sorry, I haven't called in a while. Uh, That's fine. Glad to that hear that totally you've answered your surgery okay, and uh, you sound wonderful and all that Thank good you. stuff. Um, just called to uh, mention a couple of movies that I've seen somewhat recently. Okay. Uh, I watched the Scary or Die, which I believe you recommended. I don't yeah, want to swear by it because my memory sucks because I'm old. But um, I think you recommended that one. I wasn't super crazy about it. Um, it was, a cost it was an interesting anthology. By far the strongest segment was the clown segment, which was also by far the longest. That was my, that was, um, that it one. almost became sort of this really depressing kind of... Um, sad tale about this guy that wound up having to disappear lest he give in to his cravings. But anyway, um, that was kind of interesting. That was enough to um, to get me through the movie, but I thought the, the other uh, the other um, segments were pretty bad. Okay, so I'm still uh, on this one. That's fine. I watched That's fine. a real gem called Haunting of Whaley House. Okay. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh, you're lying. Um, the act the, the idea was somewhat interesting. There's a little bit of a twist at the end, kind of, but the acting is um, it's pretty bad. Okay. Um, and it's kind of just become... It, it's kind of almost like... Um, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of like a Spit found out. footage thing. So let's say like okay. Blair Witch meets um, uh, Grave Encounters or something like that with the ghost hunting... Angle and things, but it was just ugh, ugh, it was so bad. And the last one that I want to just mention is the Snowtown Murders. I actually picked this one up because of hearing it mentioned on Bloody Good Horror, but also I happened to come across reading about the true crime online one day when I was bored at work. Imagine that. Okay. And uh, I found the the murders fast, like gruesomely fascinating, like kind of like mm. really disgusting and disturbing, but at the same mm. time, kind of fascinating. So I eventually watched that with a buddy of mine, and um, it's interesting. It's, it, I wouldn't recommend it because it's two hours long, and it feels like it goes on forever. Uh, it's a very, very slow build, and it's really more of a psychological or sociological study okay. of Nothing what makes people uh, or how people are influenced by others to do evil than it is really a true horror movie. But there was one or two scenes in there that I did not, um, that I found a little difficult to watch. Anyway, um, based on a true story uh, about the, I guess the, the most notorious serial killer or killers in Australia, in recent Jay. history. Um, Jay. So it, it was a well done. 
Oh, Jay. Oh, my poor Jay. Oh, my poor, fluffy, cuddly little Jay. I don't mean to make you feel any worse than you already do by running out of time and getting buzzed on the show again. But I think it's worth saying that at this point, I think you hold the record for the most amount of buzzes since the inception of the time limit on this show. Is that something to be proud of? I haven't decided yet. But as Mikey pointed out earlier, it does give me a really bizarre kind of pleasure to buzz the shit out of people. So thank you for that, Jay. Uh, let's hear what else you had to say. Womp, womp, I talked too long. What a surprise. Aww, poor baby. Um, anyway, I was just finishing up on the Snowtown murders. Um, I don't yes. remember where I left off. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was the acting was pretty good, and I do have to give it that. And uh, it was well shot and everything, but it's just a very uh, long, grueling movie. Mm. Uh, again, I don't know that I recommend it, but it was it was interesting. I'm not sorry that I watched it. I also uh, read up a little bit more on the murders, and I watched a, um, a brief um, show on YouTube. That was, I guess, a series that was about serial killers, and this one was called The Bodies in the Barrels, which is the other name for the Snowtown murders. Uh, kind of gives you an idea right there of what was going on. But um, I watched the reenactment sort of true story of it. That was more interesting from the standpoint of knowing what actually happened in it. The movie was very confusing as far as who was who and who was doing what to who. And hmm. uh, Unless you knew a background of the crimes first, it was very, very hard to follow. Anyway, um, that's pretty much it. Sorry I went on so long. Yeah, yeah. Have yourself a great week, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, Jay, thank you very much for calling in, as always, and thank you for your recommendations, or non-recommendations, depending. Um, yeah, and that's a good tip. Like, if you're planning on watching the Snowtown Murders, seek out the Bodies in the Barrel documentary thing on YouTube first. So there you go. Cool deal. And, you know, it really, really took all of my restraint not to buzz you, even though you weren't going over the limit. I just felt like buzzing you anyway, but I didn't. And I think that shows great maturity. Don't you? No? Fuck off. I love you. Anyway, when I'm telling my listeners to fuck off, it is time to wrap this puppy up for another week. And if you want to be like all these cool people who called in and made the show even better than it was going to be in the first place, then you could give me a call at 347-767-3509. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. And if you'd like to support the show, please head on over to www.screamqueens.com and click on the donate button. That would be greatly appreciated. The show is completely uh, listener supported. And every little bit helps and is greatly appreciated. And I will give you huggy kisses. Or not give you huggy kisses, depending on which you want. But how can you not want my huggy kisses? They're so cute. I don't know what's happening. Okay, so for next time, we have a lot of stuff in the works. I'm going to be having my friend, the elusive Doug Shapiro, on, along with one of my favorite heterosexuals, Alex Warner, to discuss the Agatha Christie murder mystery, Evil Under the Sun. Because, you know, hey, that's like summer fun gone wrong. What could be more horrific than that? And also, I'm going to have two special guests from my acting career, 
hopefully coming on soon, to talk about Murder Party. And we're going to put listener Julie from 19 Nocturne Boulevard up against the wall because she suggested it. Now, all we have to wait for is for Kristen Petty to get her stupid internet connected so that we can actually have a conversation over Skype. She's such a fucking diva. I love you, you annoying bitch. But she also has a huge cock, but that's not the point right now. So, until next time, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember... As my grandmama used to say, Boy, remember what I tell you about this whole prom business. It's not who you come with. It's who takes you home. Plus whoever you might blow in the men's room along the way. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches. <laughs>